I thought of at the end uh, trauma-based fears, like all those people in the military that have fears that keep them from doing stuff. Oh yeah. Oh like totally. PTSD. PTSD. Kind of stuff. Yeah, that's real stuff. You guys all good? Yep. Yep. All good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Dat Boys podcast. <laughs> You may have noticed we've been on a bit of a leave, enjoying our time on holiday, enjoying some good quality personal time. And we felt it was a great opportunity to come back together to discuss something fun. Fear and phobias. Uh, right, Mark? That is going to be the topic today. And uh, as funny as that sounds, I think an intriguing subject that many can relate to. So, you know, we're diving in, boys. We're here usually talking about good movies, good times and gaming, but... Let's delve a bit and uh, talk about the some things psyche. that are, yeah, the human psyche, things that are not so fun and flavorful. <laughs> the Twilight Zone. <laughs> so should we kind of like define a bit here the differences, I guess, between a fear and a phobia? And this was a discussion I had, you know, even with my wife a bit, because I'm not someone who I would consider has really much of a phobia. Because when I think of a phobia, that that's like real serious like your body goes into like fight or flight you're sweating you can't move maybe you're nauseous or and all that i don't know what you guys think or and and then what the difference is between that and then just what a basic fear is and what we're looking to cover here you know mark maybe you help us define those two a bit and what, what we should be talking about no your your phobia i think you described pretty well i mean it really is something that's going to debilitate you in some way um, cause we're, we all have like different fears that crop up and that's kind of our way of protecting ourselves in a sense. Uh, it's something that our body then goes into a mode that says, Hey, I need to make sure that I'm cautious in whatever set the situation is. But with a phobia, that's debilitating. I mean, if somebody, um, I think it's agoraphobia, the fear of going out, something like that. Um, I may be wrong, but for whatever reasoning that phobia is generated from. So what is it about fears and phobias that made you want to consider it like a podcast topic when we could have just easily pulled out, you know, something more like our favorite action hero toy or, you know, something of that nature. <laughs> Why did you want to go down this road? I'm not trying to make it sound like a negative thing. I I was interested, obviously, enough to say, let's do it. And I think it's a worthy discussion, but I'm curious why, you know, you feel like it's something we should work talking about. So two reasons. Um, with the podcast, we, we always have fun episodes and I want to intermingle an episode that if somebody chooses to listen to the podcast that they can relate to in some way. If they aren't into movies or games or what have you, then there's something that they can actually relate to. That's why we did the recess episode um, or first cars, you know, those type of things where they can listen. And two, I thought of two that related to you guys and shared experiences that related to this topic. Yeah, exactly. Beast. That's what it is, getting hit with the hop. Traumatized oh, forever, Mark. I actually Nom was scared flashback. of the beast, and that didn't make it into my notes, so the I'll take that. That's... Ball. <laughs> oh, that's Terrible. funny. 
Um, but yeah, so there's 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 fears that I had that related not necessarily to activities that we would do, but situations that we were in. So things that I want to bring up tonight, but it was just one of those things where since it relates to us, then there's the nostalgia that we have together, and then the nostalgia of the audience that they may not necessarily have to share the same things, but they can relate in some way because everybody has fears of some kind. So, yeah, um, you're right, Mark. I think that like it's funny how lightly we kind of throw around the word phobias, which phobias are pretty like it's pretty intense stuff there. But fear, like, there's a lot of people that feel fear of a lot of different things, and you can confuse that with phobia. But phobia is pretty. It's like a pretty intense fear of something where. It's debilitating, so I don't want to rehash what we said, but that's an interesting point. So where should we kind of go with this? Because I feel like there's a lot of interesting things to, to tackle this, right? When you talk about somebody's fear, it might be just kind of uh, something maybe they're personally over and it feels more comfortable to talk about. Maybe there's stuff that maybe even here amongst us we don't feel comfortable talking about. And then I know there's also a set of fears which maybe you don't even per personally connect with, but that interest you yeah um yeah i'm trying to describe it as like they're horrifying but also intriguing <laughs> yes I have, I have several childhood ones but mark mark you go ahead you were going to chime in oh i was going to say i'll start out with one um i was afraid as a kid of something reaching out from underneath my bed and grabbing my legs as i'm getting into bed so what I would do is I, I would share that one. I still share that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I would uh, I, I got it actually from a movie. Um, I was watching a movie as a kid and um, I don't think it was the movie Little Monsters where they could travel between un under the beds. It was with a Fred Savage. Movie. Yeah. Classic. Where... Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, Howie Mandel. But. Uh, it was. I was always afraid of that. So I would flip off the light and I would run and leap so that nothing could grab my legs as I was getting into bed. That's great. I imagine you lay in the bed real quick and go, not tonight. Not tonight. Yes. <laughs> well, and then it's like covering myself with the blanket because for whatever reason, once you're under the covers, nothing yes, gets you. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that's, it makes no sense. It's like a fortress. <laughs> like your blanket is like a force field from all the monsters around you. It's hilarious. How that exactly. Works. You know, and I've I've heard that you know so many times that this is the you know the demons that the demons in the dark can't get me under my blanket or whatever. I actually, as a kid, had the reverse, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's because it was actually the brother of one of my neighbors was talking and I was, you know, just a little kid and he was talking about how um, a friend of his found a big scorpion inside his bed oh, under geez. his covers. <laughs> and then he took it and he put it in a jar and then he ended up blending it. And yes, you know, little kid stories. Right. But yeah. I was little and that, that really made me afraid to the point that for probably many, many years, I don't know, until I was, you know, 10 years old or something. I actually, when I'd get into bed before putting my feet in, I'd lift up my covers and look all the way down to the bottom <laughs> to make sure oh. that there was no scorpion. <laughs> That's <laughs> and then one, one time, uh, Tyler and I were out playing um, basketball, and this is when I was a little bit older. We were probably like 12 or something in my backyard, and the ball went into one of the bushes. 
And as I went and grabbed the ball, I found a dead scorpion in there and all of that trauma just started flooding <laughs> back. And I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that stuff so, stays with you, man. It never goes away. <laughs> I'm telling yeah, you. <laughs> it, well, it, it's funny though, because, and then I ended up serving my mission in Oaxaca and we actually had scorpions where we'd have to like check our shoes and stuff. And I remember there was this, this uh, moment where uh, we had a big scorpion in our house and, um, we ended up lighting it on fire and that was kind of like cathartic to me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, like, nice. I like burned away that fear that oh. I had had as a child and that now I don't really <laughs> that's have any perfect. concerns. No, that's perfect wow. actually because, well, first I was curious if, because that's such a common one, right? Like the kids being afraid of what's under the bed or the boogeyman in the closet and all that. So I was curious mm-hmm. first if, if you guys had shared that and you went right into it, which was perfect. But I was also curious if your kids also had expressed any of these kind of fears. And then what you went into perfectly there was, I was curious if you've ever gotten over it. Obviously I I imagine you have at some point, maybe Mark, I don't know, but, and if you did, what did you have to do to get over it? For you, it sounded like you had to burn a scorpion, but uh, Mark, I don't know. Did you burn your bed? What'd you do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The sheets. No, I, uh, I just, over time, got over it. I really don't know. Like, I still think of it, like, when I'm going to the bed. It's not like it's out of my brain, but it really, I'm not worried about something reaching out from under my bed and grabbing me and pulling me <laughs> under. I don't I don't fear that anymore. I, no, it it crosses my Mark, mind on occasion, so. Mark sleeps on a futon that's directly on the ground, so there yeah. can't be anything under <laughs> yeah. it. There's nothing under the bed. It just, you're just I sure showed them. You're on a mattress <laughs> on the ground. Now, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that anymore. You know, it's actually funny, though, Cody, that you talk about that. When I was a little kid, um, I think this is when I first actually started getting over it, was I used to be really big into nature books. I, I loved going to the library in elementary mm-hmm. school and picking up books that talked about animals and stuff. And I remember reading one where it talked about a chicken and how chickens will eat scorpions and scorpions have like a really weak spine. And so these chickens will peck at their spine and eat them. And I remember thinking, man, if a chicken can eat a scorpion, (laughs) what am I concerned about? Well, that's fair. That's a fair point. That is a fair point. I'm not a chicken. You're not a chicken. You're better than a chicken. Better than a chicken. <laughs> so anybody scared of chickens? No, that was a good lead-in point, I gotta say, Mark, is the old uh, monsters under the bed. And uh, I can't say I reside with any particular, like, child fears, like, maybe occasional nightmares that, you know, hang with you for a while, like a spider in the bed, but didn't make me, like, fearful of getting into the bed. Did, did anyone else have any, like, child-attached phobias or fears that you quickly kind of got over as you just got older? Yeah, so I want to chime in here. So something about 80s movies were just terrifying. I don't know, like my kids, I feel like they don't have the same fears that I did. I was in the younger half of my family, so I ended up seeing some movies at a younger age that I probably shouldn't have at times. (laughs) And so there are just these movies when I was a kid that I watched that terrified me, that I just could, I couldn't, I lost sleep at night. Like the earliest memory that I have is from this, ridiculously silly 
not even scary Disney made for TV movie called Mr. Boogity. I don't know if you guys remember mm. Mr. Boogity at all. <laughs> Do you guys remember Mr. Boogity? I didn't oh. see it, but I remember as a kid you telling me about this. Oh my gosh. It seriously, <laughs> it, it, we watched it and it's just it's the story about I don't want to go into too much detail, but it's the story about this family that moves into this house and it's haunted and there's a guy who lives there. His name is Mr. Boogity. He's like, or he's a ghost that lived there centuries before. He was like a pilgrim guy or something, I think. And he shows up. He has this green, like, creepy-looking skin. Yeah, there's the image right there, Cody. <laughs> it's like, and it's such a cheesy cartoon, or not cartoon, but it's a, it's it's a super cheesy show. But when he shows up and the kids get freaked out, there's all these paranormal things that happen in the house. And again. For those who haven't seen it, it's super cheesy. Like, it's not even meant to be scary. It's meant for children. But it's that Mr. Boogity scared the crap out of me. And he would go like, Mr. Boogity. He's like, Boogity, Boogity, Boo. And stuff what? like that. And like, and like, there were times when like my siblings, this was before I lived in Folsom. There were times when I, I like, I, like, I, I remember when I, I used to sleep in the same room with my brother, Nate, and then my parents moved me, moved me into another room. And like, I always thought Mr. Boogity was in our house when I was a kid and I would always run to my parents' room and like just freaked out. And I remember there was even one day, I don't remember this, but my siblings do. But like, they said that I was like in our living room, just kind of sitting there on the floor and then like kind of looking scared. And then my siblings looked at me and they're like, Tyler, like, are you okay? And then I looked at them and I said, Mr. Boogity put me here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know. (laughs) I'm I'm possessed. I was like a possessed child. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but yeah, so I like that was probably when I was like four or five years old. And for for some reason to this day, I still remember that. And like, I mean, I watched it with my kids this past Halloween and I was like, really, this is seriously like. And it was the first time I'd watched it since I was a kid because I refused to watch it for years. And I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, this is like, this was what scared me. But, you know, Mr. Boogity looks freaky, man. I mean, you look at the pictures that Cody just posted here. He looks freaky. His like, skin looks like it's fallen off. It looks like he. Just... It looks like it could be somebody who just has face cancer and is being horribly misjudged and is cold with a blanket on. And yeah, he's a super yeah, nice guy. Like radioactive snuggie he's this really nice guy looks like he could have been a yeah false identity for some kids who don't know what they're looking at oh yeah and so i would say i mean i there's more i want to talk about with movies maybe later on but this was like my earliest memory i would say there's just something about 80s movies maybe it's the practical effects because i've seen Mm. some you know I'm, i'm not a big horror movie guy as it is but but when i do see like a kind of a scary movie and if it's like heavy in the CGI, it just it's not as scary. Like there's yeah. not the creepy practical effects of the eighties that just terrified <laughs> children and caused me yeah. a lot of fears. And I mean, for a time I you know, maybe this was a phobia because I couldn't sleep at night because of it sometimes. So it was kind of debilitating. I don't know if you could technically classify it as a phobia, but it definitely well, I, freaked me out. I think it's funny that uh, you mentioned the eighties movies because a great movie, we talked about it when we talked about movies was Hook. But uh, yeah. the boo box, the boo oh, box, gosh. man, yeah. that Scorpions just terrified again. me. <laughs> Scorpions again. <laughs> That's right. Kids movies, man, back then. It was like crazy. Yeah, movies definitely stemmed probably a lot of phobias in kids for sure. Yeah. Just because like you said, the, the 
the simplistic, the practicality of it. I'm curious if kids today get those same kind of feelings, even though they are looking at this like new CG tech movies. Uh, I'm curious if it still hits the same way and if they're getting these kind of potential early fears that they have to eventually kind of get over. And the interesting one is in Hiram's case before that, about the scorpion thing, he said he got it because the neighbor's brother or whatever mentioned it. That's like totally out of the control of like the family and parents. And it makes me nervous that my kid could get a phobia from something totally out of my control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say, Cody, I mean, at least with my kids, you know, they they don't get scared very much that they're all my, my whole family, my wife and kids are completely scared of spiders but <laughs> when it comes to like cheesy films we actually have noticed that it depends on how and when you know the kids are exposed to it because similar to mr boogity i guess my wife was watching this cheesy almost like romantic disney like zombie movie that's like super disney channel kid-friendly weird and it was just laughable right but apparently my daughter started getting kind of creeped out and they had to shut it off like oh, the no. zombies were, were scaring her and it's just funny like it depends on how it hits with the with the child you know even if it's not amazing special effects it's it's almost an emotional thing so it's 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 a strange part of life you know you sometimes we look back at some of these things that we were afraid of as kids and go really <laughs> that's not very scary but right as a child you know your world is in terms of relativity it's a lot smaller it's a lot scarier place you're a lot more vulnerable yes very true i guess uh because we were talking a bit now about all these like childhood fears that we maybe have gotten over and there's probably more of those to discuss and definitely you know we can talk more about them but i found for me Sure, as a kid, there's plenty of things I didn't like or were feared, but uh, I find more so recently there will be more things that can catch me to be more fearsome or on edge. And it may be because I have more at stake, maybe because I have a family and stuff going on, because as I shift into a phobia that, not a phobia, but maybe something that definitely gets me in that fight or flight mode uh, is like when it's out of your control and it's like supernatural so like an earthquake for example you know when something like that goes on it's like i don't know what's going to happen is this the end earth has potentially been hit by so many wipeouts is this the next one coming you know it's like there was a night when like there was a thunder storm and it i swear it was so close it like shook the house and that freaked me out i thought that was like the end of times or something and that yeah, that would be something recently that I found that would definitely get me uh, seriously on edge because, yeah, like I said, I feel like I have a lot more around me and to find that could be suddenly gone would probably get me more scared now than I've ever been before in the past. So these are like one of these new age fears, you know, I don't know if you guys share that kind of same feeling or not, but that's something I found I have more of now than I did as the past. I do have to agree that our fears are different because we have... I mean, there's financial fears and there's mm-hmm. uh, just the sustainability fears and structure and safety and all these things. I think a lot of my fears, as you guys have been talking about, and I've been thinking about mine, are when I lose control over the situation that I have. That's what I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, yeah. Um, you know, being scared of the dark 
you can't see you're not scared of the dark you're scared of what's in the dark because you can't control it or what's under the bed or one that i thought of tonight was i always was afraid of going in the lake or the ocean because what if something in the water gets grabs my leg and i have no control over that so it's like all these where you lose control but yeah as an adult our fears are different we now granted ours are a little bit more logical or i guess uh but it's it really comes comes back down to losing safety losing structure losing uh, sustainability of some kind or uh, sustenance of some kind or what have you yeah those are all really good points mark and I don't know if we want to like travel down this road too much, but 2020 definitely is was cause for a lot of fears for a lot of people with everything yeah. too. Like just with all like just the uncertainty of the virus, the financial uncertainty because of everything. I mean, again, this is pretty heavy, but and we're currently experiencing this. But yeah, I mean, like you know, there's some real fears that as an adult that completely change. And I like what you said, Mark. Too this. Fear of the unknown is something I think that is very scary for adults. You know, like you, you want to protect your family. You want to be there for your family. Um, and when things start to get unpredictable, I mean, there are people that thrive in unpredict- unpredictable situations. But, you know, I think most people, that's when things kind of get a little chaotic. And that's when fear kind of starts to kick in. It's like the fight or flight um, mentality, you know, like mm-hmm. it's all about survival, you know. and and when you don't know, when you can't control the situation you're in, that's when things get really intense. And I know for me, like, that's something that scares me. Like, I look at our family and my kids, and especially when you have kids, like, it just throws a complete wrench into the whole thing. Because you're like, man, like, I just, I want my kids to be good kids. I want them to be safe. You know, and those are, like, real fears. Like, when you're a kid or a teenager or, or you know, and you before you have children or whatever, you know, like, it's... Some of your fears may be different, but, um, you know, just when you're younger in general, I mean, your fears are different because you're younger, but as you get older, it's interesting how it changes and becomes more, at least for me, like it revolves more around my family more than anything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, totally agree. That and the fact that I have hippopotamonstrosis quipidaliophobia, so... Mm. Yeah, care to explain that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you looked that one up before coming here. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's that's the biggest troll phobia in the world. It's the fear of long words. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had taken the time to like kind of peek a bit at like the most popular pho- phobias or you know most common phobias to see if there's I don't know phobia to something that I may have a fear of or didn't know. I've realized there were some interesting ones, as I mentioned before, that are almost more intriguing if you're not already just deathly afraid of it. But before we, you know, dabble on the lighter side of fun of fears and phobias, was there any other, you know, more real deep <laughs> type of phobias or fears anyone wanted to discuss? Um, so, uh, like heights, I know it's kind of like a clicheic fear. But I have a fear of heights. Like I get, you know, I, I've seen the movie Vertigo and Alfred Hitchcock got it right mm. where it really is kind of like this. You lose sense of balance in a sense. It feels yeah. like you're you really you have no control of yourself. Like 
I walk normally down a sidewalk, but if I'm walking on a second story and there's a balcony and it's glass and I can see through it, I lose the sense of surety of my balance that I had before. It's weird. Yeah. So I does agree. that affect you flying, Mark? Can you fly? I could fly just fine. It's um like most recently um I had to I was staining my grandparents' house cuz it's all wood on the outside. Well, houses are all of wood, but this is not like it was painted. It was stained on the outside. And getting up on the ladder was really scary for me. It to to it, yeah, it was it's super scary. So, Mark, did you see the movie Free Solo? I did see the movie Free Solo. Rock how climbing's that, not my thing. <laughs> how did that make you feel when you watched it? <laughs> um, watching it on the show was fine. Uh, being up in the heights, that's rough. I I have to say, like when I watched Free Solo, my my uh, with people for people who don't know what that what Free Solo is, it's it's the it's a documentary, a National Geographic documentary about this rock climber Alex Honnold who. Uh, climbed this giant rock face in Yosemite called El Capitan, and he did it without ropes. And it took yeah. him like it took him, I think, four or five, four hours, I think. And um, and it's usually a climb that takes people three to four days um, to do, and yeah. he did it in one day without any ropes. And so it's like the ultimate fear. I, I I just I I mean I don't know if we want to go down that road too much, but like I just can't imagine. Even even if he's climbed it a thousand times, I just can't imagine anything that's not as scary as that. Like that's just the scariest thing. Not to him. That him yeah, is like him. that is the greatest <laughs> thrill on earth. Like that is his biggest, you know, euphoric high or whatever. Like that's what he lives for, essentially, I would imagine, doing that. Which well, is he, to me insane. And it's funny because like they do this, um, like if you watch the movie, um, they like even did like a CT scan or not a CT, an MRI scan on him. And there's like a part of his brain where, um, you know, some people it's, it's like, what's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to get technical, but it's like the fear part of your brain. And in his brain, he just doesn't, it's not active. Like he's very even, he's calm. He's always calm. He doesn't freak out. Like, I mean, he does cause he's human, but he freaks out less than most human beings do. And so that's what's really interesting about his about him specifically. Like he just you have to have the right you know mind frame of mind or right DNA build or I don't know how it works, but it's just crazy. I can't even imagine. Like when I watched that movie, my palms were sweating. Like I was like freaking out when I watched that movie. But so it's amazing. I mean, one mistake if he makes if he gets scared for one second, two thousand feet on that wall, mm. he's dead. He's gone. You know, and so it's just crazy to think like how you can control your fear, even if you've done it a thousand times. It's like the rock climbers. I mean, I don't rock, rock climb a lot, but everybody gets afraid at some point, at some point, you know, when you're at least from what I've heard, there's always a moment where a rock climber may get a little scared. And when you do, like, you've got to stop. And when you're free soloing like that, it's like, you might as well, you're done. You know, like it's, that's it, you know? And so it's, it's amazing how he was able to do that. So I feel like for those people, it's it's like I said, like they want that thrill because maybe they have 
I, I might be using the term wrong, but they like might have something off with their like yeah, adrenal adrenal glands, you know, or it's know, like it's like because for him, I don't know if it's an adrenaline thing, like because I, I could I see how you're saying like why you're saying that, but because for him it's more like because when you like when you listen to interviews with him, and maybe maybe it is, but like he just seems so even, like just so like not a thrill seeker, you know, like it's crazy, like you, you know, it's like because a lot of people think that when they talk about. Alex Honnold, they go, wow, that that guy's a thrill seeker. Then when you listen to him in interviews, he's like this super chill guy. Like, and when you watch the documentary, it's it's pretty it's pretty intense. Like how much of like a very level headed, even keel guy that he is. It's crazy. Yeah, but he has that superpower. Is the thing that secret superpower. (laughs) Now, of course, it could be. I I don't know if it's true or not. I I worked with somebody at a restaurant who did have that kind of. Yeah. disorder almost and we noticed that he would be willing to embarrass himself without the fear you know what i mean yeah. like he would do silly things without worrying about the repercussions or like yeah something's not right but like you mentioned like all the other time he's a pretty normal chill person so i mean that's yeah. why i like to think and I, i'm curious for the people who will really have the opposite effect right who are yeah. the extra afraid of everything i'm curious if that's the the internal balance that decides how afraid you can be or not because something that Mark said, like, he's willing to watch people climb, right? But being up there, that'd be something else entirely. Whereas yeah. for my wife, she is on the phobia level pretty much with people who vomit or get sick. Like, if I had gotten sick while we've been together, she's just like, you're on your own. You know, leaves me with a bag and I have to pretty much take care of myself, <laughs> right? Um, and she's even checked out groups online for others who like may feel the same way. And there are some people like so far on that side, like they can't even type out the word vomit. They have to do V exclamation, you know, da, 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 or rephrase. The, it's like, it can be pretty, uh, pretty crazy, you know, yeah. not crazy, but you know what I mean? Like for some people they got, they don't got that gland. That's for sure. They got uh, a lot of fear, unfortunately with stuff like that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like that's like on the serious side of it too. It's like, you know, people, it's a real thing, you know, for, for whatever reason, like there's this, we develop these phobias and it, it, it gets to a point for some people where you just can't even, can't even look at it, you know, without feeling that pit in your stomach or feeling super uncomfortable, you know? And, uh, so that's, that's really interesting. That's, you know, but some of it some of it is on that more interesting side like i was saying like have you guys heard of the what is it the uh tripophobia it is the irrational fear of holes pods circles or cracks especially those found in nature okay so cody i was actually going to bring this up later so i'll bring it up now okay okay so i don't have a fear of holes it makes me it like makes my gorge rise so i feel sick by seeing them yeah don't like google tri- tripophobia and look at google images it looks it's like uh, oh no cody no no that's pizza no, dough that's no. pizza dough it's yeah, safe uh-huh. but no. but no. you know that's the thing that's, <laughs> that's bothering uh, me too yeah see that's funny. i uh what people may not know because this is a podcast obviously is i showed a picture of someone just opening up a ball of yeast a ball of pizza dough when you look at dough it's kind of crazy it's a cobweb mess of stuff and yeah it's weird right it definitely gets you feeling a weird type of way and for some people it gets them really going a certain type of way and on the 
Yeah. It's like alien looking, you know, like yeah. holes. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's, you know, because I had like a fear of like the alien movies and stuff as a kid and things that look weird and alien like that for me. Like, it's, that's why when I saw that image, it's like, oh, it just makes me like think about that. You know, it's just, it just looks gross. <laughs> there's certainly far more uh, serious examples or you know i try oh, to stay yeah. on the tamers you know at least i right. thought but you know as you can even imagine with that it's just so intriguing like i don't think that's like too deathly afraid but i'm just like yeah that is so interesting like there's definitely a common pattern here and uh, some of it i can certainly see and some of it's like that's 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 nature though that's so natural but yet terrifying at the same time I know, like, here's some of the things that trigger it, too. Like, lotus seed pods, honeycombs, strawberries, coral, aluminum metal foam, pomegranates, bubbles. <laughs> Honeycomb. Cantaloupe. Oh, <laughs> a cluster of eyes. No. Those are the most common triggers of, uh-huh. of that uh, phobia. So Yeah. Um, my, uh, Eric, my brother, he... Uh, he says, and this is what I really kind of relate to, is that it looks diseased. And yeah. so yeah. I think, and so that's why he thinks my gorge just rises, because if my body sees it, I see it, and my brain interprets diseased. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Just doesn't look, doesn't look normal. You know, but hey, aliens touch down, and that's their skin. You know, that's their life, man. That's their normal. And they're looking at us, and we look like that to them. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, smooth, gross. gross. (laughs) Our smooth skin makes them do the V word. (laughs) Exactly. Please be careful. My wife might listen to the podcast, all right? So Uh, censor all sprinkles. Toss rainbows. The exclamation point, Hiram. Get it right. (laughs) Exactly. All right, I have another kind of like that, but I don't want to like take the take all the phobias here. So, uh, anyone else wanted to, to share another unique type of fear of phobia that they may hold hold to themselves and want to find out if they're alone <laughs> or not? Well, I was just curious because I don't think you shared anything from your childhood, Cody. Um, do you have any fears? I I remember when I think of uh, a fear of you, um, you know, when we were kids. I remember one time we were walking home from school. And my neighbor across the street, his dog came and started barking at us like unexpectedly. And you jumped across the road, like completely oh. across the road. You just air air coat air Dakota across the sidewalk. It's so funny. Sinophobia is the fear of dogs. Now I wouldn't say I have a phobia of dogs. I obviously had dogs myself and yeah. uh yeah, I don't know, but I think I was scarred because I had a neighbor who lived across the street and their dog would always be out front and he would definitely try to get you. But I wanted to go play, so I had to like get around him to get to the door. Definitely didn't have a whole lot of great interactions. And I think that just kind of got me always a bit uneasy with surprise dogs or dogs I didn't know. I didn't know what they were going to do. You know, again, leading back to the fear of the unknown. I don't know how trained this dog is or not, but... I don't want to get bit. So, yeah, it, it was pretty scary. Dogs can be scary if I didn't know, uh, you know, if I didn't know what they yeah. were going to do. Yeah. I trust my dogs. I know they love me, but, yeah, those dogs, I don't know. So, yeah, I would say probably that it would be the closest thing. Nothing else is really scaring me. A couple of, like I said before, maybe crazy dreams, but more of my, like, fight or flight phobias would probably come at later life. 
Because, you know, I used to tap dance in front of the class. I would be more deathly afraid now of doing that than I did back then. And back then I did it. Yeah. And that's a, I mean, that's a hard one. Performing in front yeah. of people or, or giving, you know, a speech or whatever. That's yeah. That's it, for sure. It's funny. That's a real phobia for sure where people just oh, yeah. not do it at all. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I'm thankful that I was able to do that. But, you know, where one thing you, you're good at, there's something else you're going to be deathly afraid of and yeah. want to V word. Yeah, exactly. Like some people look at that fear and they go, you know, there, we all have different fears, different, you know, and different strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. So, I, like one like random fear that I have, I was just thinking about. This is like so stupid too, but like I have such a fear of being struck by lightning. Mm. <laughs> no, that's a real one. I yeah. know. Like it's like I, for whatever reason, when I'm outside and if it's raining really hard. Even like, you know, when I live in Sacramento, we don't get a lot of thunderstorms in Sacramento. But when we do, or if we, if it's just raining hard for some reason, whatever reason, I'm always thinking about it. Like, what if I get struck by lightning right now? Am I holding any metal right now? Are you getting rid of all the metal? Like, it's like, screw the umbrella. I'm just going to get wet and just run. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) that's just how it is for me. I don't know why. Like, I just, it's something that I'm always paranoid about even when it's not like a and the thing that's funny is i love thunder and lightning storms like i and maybe and it may stem back from my mission because uh, when i served my mission for my church in canada like there were some areas where i where i was at where i lived where it there were like crazy thunder and lightning storms and there were some where i was out and about walking where i could like you know, we didn't even know, like the storms would just come out of nowhere. Like we would be out walking and suddenly, boom, there's this giant thunderstorm. And there was one time where we were like, okay, we better get inside. And I remember one like lightning strike where my, I could feel the hairs on the back of my head, like, like kind of like stick out. And then we, we saw, and I just looked up and I remember seeing this giant flash and it landed probably like, it probably struck maybe you know, maybe a hundred yards or more in front of us, but like, you know, but not like right by us, but you know, like probably, probably a couple hundred yards and it like freaked the crap out of me. It was just like, holy crap, we gotta get inside right now. And like, I feel like ever since then, it's like, I've just always had this like fear of like getting struck by lightning for some reason. It's yeah. That's no joke. It's real. The pain, the pain is real on that one. (laughs) It's like you would be so lucky, but also unlucky. (laughs) Exactly. Natural disasters are, yeah. Yeah, I hate that. Oh, I don't like that. We're in earthquake area out here, so, you know, just like, I always like, lately, just like, did I feel something? And I'll look up at the ceiling fan, like, the dangling little things you pull and see if they're swaying. That's my only indicator to know if there happened to be an earthquake or earthquake or not. Any day, man, the California is going to fall into the Pacific Ocean. It's just going to happen. So, speaking <laughs> of Pacific Ocean, what about thalassophobia? I don't know if I said that right. It's the fear of the ocean, the fear of like the, the long dark, of like you know the idea of being far from land and being in the deep blue. Any thoughts on that? Are you guys good with the water? Uh, go ahead, Mark. Oh, um, to me, it's just like the lake. I don't know if something's going to come up and grab my legs, like either bite it like some crazy fish or something. Who knows? 
It just, I don't think like a Kraken's going to come and take me away, but yeah, there's like, is like a fish going to come up and bite my leg or something? Yeah, I agree. I think um, a real fear, especially in California, is great white sharks. Like, I remember one time when we were, my family was down in Santa Cruz and we were out probably about, you know, we were good, like 20 yards, like out into the water and uh, we were in decent, decent sized waves and stuff. My brother and I were just like boogie boarding and, and body surfing and stuff like that. And while we were out there just kind of jumping around the waves, my brother, Nate, just like looks at me and goes, isn't it crazy to think that there's probably like two or three great white sharks out here because <laughs> then there oh, are thanks, Nate. i know they're and they're out there i mean they, they there's people that fly out there with drones and they like they spot like at least 10 to 20 sharks at any given time um in certain seasons along that coastline and so it's uh like jaws was a movie that i think traumatized people forever with great white sharks I mean, I don't know anyone that's not afraid of great white sharks and jaws. So, yeah, I'm usually pretty good with water, but I'll be honest. Like when I'm out in the ocean, it, when you're swimming out there, it, like it's easy to have the thought of like there's nothing below me for a really, oh, yeah. really long way. Yeah, and uh, I, my my dad and I actually um, were getting our scuba diving certification when I was a teenager. And I remember the last test that we had to do, we had to go out to this, this lake and we had to go, um, it was something like 25, 30 feet underwater. And we had to do this test where it, your respirator actually was malfunctioning and you had to turn off your air. So suddenly while you're breathing, you just can't breathe anymore. And then with your partner, you had to switch air. There's that. And then the other one you had, we had to do it where you had a free flowing respirator where the air is just shooting out. It's broken and you had to breathe through your teeth. And we, as we did that thing to do the certification, I was freaking out because you're breathing in these air bubbles through your teeth, trying to like, you know, strain them in. And, um, you, you'd look up and you see that, you know, the surface is way too far for you to get there, um, without, you know, suffocating. And yeah, that, that made me really respect water, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> like I just, it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid to go out swimming and stuff, but it is, it is one of those things that just makes you realize, yeah, this is, this is a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. The other one is um, you when, me on the edge of my mean, seat there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's scuba dive uh, certification is, is pretty intense. But the other one was um, we were out in California um, uh, at a at a beach um, with my family for a family reunion, and uh, you know we were just paddling out there in uh, kayaks, and the undertide, like the actual tides that pull you out to sea, can be really strong. And especially when you've got little kids towing behind you and you're getting pulled out to sea, it is kind of a frightening thing where you're like, I can't overpower this to get mm-hmm. back to shore. And you have to, you know, kind of go sideways to be able to get back to shore. And, you, you know, you're 100 yards away from your, you know, where everybody else is. It's it's kind of scary. You're like, what if I got too tired? My kids can't swim, you know, or, you know, they can't paddle in. We'd just be stuck out here kind of thing. So... <clears throat> Man, and speaking of being stuck out there, I want to share with you gentlemen a picture here. All right. 
and what I'm sharing <laughs> is a point on the globe here. It's called Point Nemo. It is the spot farthest away from any land on the world. You are closer to astronauts aboard the ISS than humanity. Wow. And it's a spot in the middle of the uh, South Pacific Ocean, first from anything in landmass. Like, ships don't even need to go through it. The tide there keeps nutrients away, so there's, like, not even expected good sea life in this area. But all they expect is probably there is it's, like, one of the greatest crash landing sites for satellites and space stuff. So there's probably a bunch of garbage there for sure. But if you were to be stranded there, <laughs> you cannot ever make it back it's like that is like the crazy dystopian like water fear that i would be like incredibly uneasy with yeah it's see, just... i've never experienced that before right i mean i've been on a cruise ship before um but like being out like in the open ocean like that especially treading like if you were in the in the water like like that is something that you think about I, I when you watch some of these survival stories like there's like these shows i've watched called i shouldn't be alive or something like that i don't know if you guys have seen those but like there's just some of these stories of these people that get stranded out in the middle of the ocean with nothing i mean no lifeboat anything they're just floating out in the middle of the water like that that was that's something i randomly yeah, think about from time to time and that is just terrifying like it's just it's, it's like what do you do you just float you know and like oh i just hate thinking about it it's crazy but yeah that would be pretty that's like crazy to think about just being the furthest away from land you could be in the world is pretty insane and being there all by yourself that's that's insane well hopefully you have wilson with you right <laughs> yeah, exactly wilson, wilson. wilson. i'm sorry <laughs> castaway reference for those wondering <laughs> so so mark to before, when you had first said, you know, we should do this discussion on phobias and fears, you mentioned you had a type of phobia about uh, one of our childhood friends' home. So oh, it was a I'm fear, not a phobia. Yeah. A so, okay. um, so I have two. I'll have. Uh, I'll bring up both uh, experiences right now. So number one, uh, Andrew Phipps. Uh, so when we would go jump trampoline jump on the trampoline at Andrew's house, oh, yeah. we'd have to run away from Riker, their German <laughs> shepherd. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yes. And he poorly trained dog. Scared <laughs> me to death. See? I, like, I love dogs. I have a dog. <laughs> I've always liked dogs. Mm -hmm. But Riker made me scared of German shepherds. Yeah. I have to agree with you on that one. He... If Andrew's ever listening to this, that dog was scary, man. <laughs> yeah, he that dog scared me. And I knew we could all relate because we would go out there and we'd have to, like, book it to the trampoline before Riker could get us and get on the trampoline. Because once we were on the trampoline, we were safe. And then it's like, okay, now we're stuck. We have to wait until Riker's gone before we can go out again. And get you know, the, the dog trampoline. thinks it's the greatest game ever. Oh, get the skitty kids on the way of the trampoline. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember uh, being afraid of him as well that dog he, he like that that's funny that you said that because i got i would get very scared of that dog too fear number two 
The power lines behind Hiram's house. Oh, really? They're so loud. Are Wait, they going to yeah, make you grow a third arm? Or... Yeah, it was it I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, not necessarily radiation, but I was thinking more along lines of like, well, what if an electrical bolt kind of like arcs and hits mm. or something? And so going to your house, Hiram, and going through your backyard always scared me because I was like, okay, I'm what if it just arced? Uh, yeah, it just, wow. I, the power line scared me. Yo, I gotta say, it's kind of relatable. I mean, you're out in that backyard area. Those <laughs> things are pretty loud. I'm a bit uneasy walking by it, so I can see where Mark's coming from. They're very loud power lines, and just right there. Anything could happen. I don't know. <laughs> a bird flies into it, and suddenly, you know, chaos. <laughs> Why run walking by, trying to go to school? Yeah, I remember, I don't remember having that same fear, but yeah, like there's definitely times where I would look at those power lines. Those power lines were huge too. Like it was like probably well, the there's biggest, a lot of them. Biggest power lines in Folsom, right there for sure. <laughs> yeah, I the actually kids... don't know if they would allow like zoning would allow construction of homes like that anymore. I mean, honestly, it was loud. Like you could hear it if we had our windows open, <laughs> just crackling. You know, <laughs> especially in the rain too. It made it even worse. Well, it was a hum. It wasn't a crackle. It was that hum, the constant hum. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know you were afraid of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. As we uh, round out this podcast, do we have any last minute little spitball fear phobias you want to you want to get out there? Things that make you, you know, feel uneasy under the skin of it? Or uh, should we put a bow on this one, boys? I have a fear of finding celery and any food that I consume. <laughs> it's funny. My kids are like, are you allergic to celery? Cause I eat everything. I will eat anything but celery. And they find it so hilarious. Wait, no. what's the deal with celery? You legit just don't like celery oh, or are I, you? I hate it. Why There's celery? One thing I don't, it's this powerful to me. It's a really powerful flavor. What? It makes me what want you to put pe- I mean, have, want to you, put, toss have you tried putting peanut, peanut butter on it? Yes, I've tried everything. I've, I have. Uh, so, <laughs> funny story on that. Like, uh, when I was in Mexico, um, we used to get around between little, small uh, uh, villages in the back of a pickup truck. And one time when we were driving between villages, a farmer came on and brought bushels and bushels of celery and just completely surrounded me in it. It was like the worst nightmare. I was just dying. <laughs> I started talking to you. I'm just like in the fetal position, like, ah, help me. That's so wild. I had no idea the mighty hire I'm afraid of celery. Okay. Wait, what about cilantro? Oh, I love mm. cilantro. I, honestly, like, I, I eat everything. Do you have that weird uh, genetic thing where cilantro tastes like soap to you, Mark? Cilantro's disgusting. <laughs> Sounds like you have a genetic thing with celery, to be honest. Cilantro, I, I can I see, is a little... <laughs> celery is like a watery blah. Like, it's nothing to me, but interesting. I'm, interesting. A, I'm afraid of the fact that you actually lose calories eating it. <laughs> it's a death stick. Is right? It is. I'm like, it's trying it's to like, kill us all. It's like solid it's water. Stick. <laughs> it's cigarettes. Eat celery. <laughs> That was so funny. There's, there's a random one, Hiram, that I remember from high school that you, whenever we would go to the movie theater, you would always check the chair for for a needle sticking through 
the scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, because and that one that was because of a news story. Oh, where okay. somebody actually put a needle on a theater chair, and I'm gonna freak out whoever's listening to this because this actually happened. Oh, you give them the phobia, passing it yeah, on. Good job. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, they put a needle on a movie theater chair, and with a note that said, "Welcome to the wonderful world of AIDS." And oh, that frightened me. yeah, that frightened me. I remember going to several movies with you throughout high school and you always looked, you always checked like the back of the chair and like the bottom of the chair. <laughs> you'd like put your hand along it and kind of rub it and look. And... Oh gosh. You don't know what you're going to find there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as it's not pointy though. You know, if it's sticky, that's well, that's a different... <laughs> ew, ew. it's not oh AIDS. <laughs> At least it's not AIDS. <laughs> oh yeah. That's crazy. That sounds like something like, your mom would tell you, like, check the seats, they're for needles. <laughs> but uh makes sense. Totally Definitely, uh, you know, I guess it's oh, a fair point. That actually reminded me of one other one. This was all thanks to one of our elementary school teachers. And maybe, Mark, because you have the amazing memory of elementary school, one of our teachers told us about how a, and she was joking, but I didn't know it at the time because I don't think I was paying attention. But <clears throat> she said that an earwig um, they're were called earwigs because yeah. like if you're like asleep they'd like go and eat through your ear like into your brain or something which like, teacher i can't remember i can't remember i've heard the story was. oh my goodness but it, I, she shouldn't have said something like that <laughs> but like it, i would like get freaked out and like feel my ears and like cover my ears at night and stuff <laughs> i like to see that um was it is let's see here keller swan krupp uh Marasso. I want to say, say it was Keller, actually. So fourth grade. Okay. Hi, Keller. Yeah. You're listening. This is your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Traumatized young children. Traumatized young children with uh, earwigs and stuff. You know, Hiram, the more I listen to your phobias, the more I realized I think I gained a lot of my phobias and fears because of you. <laughs> Thank Hiram. Thank you, Hiram, You're for traumatizing me for life. What? Are you afraid of celery, too? House no, I'm not afraid of celery. Death stick no. celery. Uh, <laughs> no, thankfully, I avoided that. So I am. I. I I will say though, I do have a phobia of um, applesauce and cream cheese. So, cream. <laughs> Whoa, dude, you just said or cottage cheese. cheese. Oh cottage cheese. I'm sorry, applesauce and cottage cheese. Oh my gosh. It kind of looks like uh, the V word too. <laughs> yeah, it sounds uh, <laughs> sounds awful. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh man. You mentioned shots. Anyone afraid of getting shots, like at the doctor? No, everyone here is strong. Uh, I used to be more so as when I was younger. I had uh, I would get lightheaded when I would have blood drawn. Um, there was one time I was getting an MRI and they gave me an iodine shot. Uh, or that's a big needle, isn't it? The iodine shot, right? I, I don't know. Uh, but I was sitting there and they did it just before a, a long test on the MRI and I had to puke the whole time or I had to V word oh, wow. the whole time. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. Escalator. <laughs> Trypanophobia is the fear of injections. Apparently. So my son has this and it is, oh, no. it is scared. Like I'm, I'm, it's not a fear. This is a true phobia for him. He's, he's a teenager now, but needles, 
he he changes his personality entirely like it is it is frightening his you can watch it in his eyes his eyes gloss over and he becomes completely like yeah. you can't even you can't even get through to him it's does his voice man. drop like two octaves and he starts floating uh no not quite his his voice actually goes up octaves and you have to have multiple doctors come in to help man <laughs> it's it is actually really terrifying but <clears throat> interestingly they didn't have this when we were kids but nowadays they actually have specialists that deal with people with phobias like that like oh yeah he had somebody come in and like prep him and explain everything and get him to feel really comfortable and take it at their own pace and it was actually really good but i mean we've had we've had several doctors visits where they had to take blood or or give him shots and it was like we would come out of the office and people in the waiting room would be just like wide-eyed looking at us because it looked i mean it sounded like our child was being killed oh that's man. how bad it is oh, yeah. rough stuff wow yeah, that's rough i definitely had a little bit of a fear but i, I can't even say how i got over it, it was just suddenly i think i got it once i was like oh that was nothing and ever since then i don't even think twice like at all but i know for some people it's it's crippling for sure yeah i just got the COVID shots and they weren't they didn't bother me at all so i guess yeah. so we're big boys now actually they did i got a dum-dum <laughs> Dumb them in business have, forever because of shots. That's right. Have, have any of you had to give somebody else a shot before, though? That's kind oh. of an interesting thing. Oh, no, no desire. Nope. No, no. I would do it. I would do it, but I have not had. No. Yeah. It's kind of a creepy thing to do, but <laughs> I have done that it. That is. Does anybody have fears about the dentist at all? <sighs> no. Definitely not a pleasurable experience, but not yeah, one I will yeah. be. Super uneasy with. You know, I, I, I feel like I did have a somewhat traumatizing experience when I did go to a dentist somewhat recently when I had to get root canal, like in the back of my oh, mouth. Like, me too, dude. That oh, no. was seriously, I felt like I was, it felt like I was being tortured. Like, that's what it oh, felt like. Man. I mean, it's like, it's like, I, I hate to use this term, but like it felt like I was being waterboarded. Like I've never mm. experienced that, but that's literally what it feels like. Cause it's like, they're, they're trying to wedge your mouth open as far yeah. as possible. And I have a small mouth and they got water in there. They got like cotton all in your mouth. They got the air thing yeah. sucking all the water out <laughs> and stuff. They're drilling. And they, whenever they give me the, um, the anesthetic as well, it always goes through my system super fast. Too. And like, I apologize. So to everybody listening to this that either has a fear of the dentist or now <laughs> because of Tyler's worse. descriptions. I'm making it worse. There was blood everywhere. There was... <laughs> the metal pried into my mouth. The metal grinding, my head was shaking. My skull was oh, like, man. vibrating. They're all going to compare it to waterboarding now. It's <laughs> close to home. Because, uh, yeah, a couple of years back, I also had the same root canal process in the back. And I don't oh, know if you also had to get worse. the molding to get a cap on top and all that, but yeah i did and they messed up the mold three times so i oh, means every two weeks i had to go back get a numbing get the cap put on the cap didn't fit go back two weeks later for oh, a new a cap oh, and then the gosh. fourth one finally got right and so now it's like i don't want to go back to that place ever again <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's yeah i can relate to to those kind of phobias out there it'll get you thinking about your your, your hygiene for sure don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. Start flossing more. Yeah, that's for, for sure. sure. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah. You're flossing, kids. But we got a couple. Of, we're going on for a bit here. I got a couple of phobias on the list we can knock out and see if anybody shares. We never talked about the old classic arachnophobia. Anybody oh, here got gosh. a problem with spider? I saw the movie. It the was movie. insane. Insane. That scared me as a child. Terrified for life. Too. But um, I don't, my, you know. My family has. I mean, I, I think my wife truly has that. Like, yeah. It's, it's not even just like a fear. It's even something that resembles a spider will get her screaming. So you're the person to come and kill it or get rid of it. I, I have to be. No, yeah. no, my children can't and my wife. So that's, yeah. you know, if there's if there's one thing that I'm useful for, it's <laughs> killing yeah. bugs. Yep. I got that responsibility. Got to get it right. Sometimes Hiram, I don't. Come kill these spiders or I'm feeding you celery. All right, on my way. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Uh, there's the same thing for snakes, which is oph- ophidiophobia. I, I don't know, boys. I'm not, I'm not great at pronouncing this one here. Indiana but, Jones. Yeah. Um, we talked about the heights. We didn't talk too much about flying. Aerophobia. I know my wife's uh, not the best with flying, and when there's turbulence, she's better as of recent, but you know, definitely not always a great experience for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I like flying, but I've been on flights with people who get mm-hmm. really you know tense <clears throat> here's an interesting one we didn't talk too much about um it maybe happened more so with the youth today than it's been before but a social phobia or like just social anxiety yeah general. you know what I, I, mean? I get that yeah i totally get that i think that one's a probably one of the most common that people don't even just like it's not like a blank phobia essentially but it is a, it is a phobia in a way and a fear you know being able to just kind of comfortably socialize with others i mean people will just freeze up and panic and never go out i had a fear of calling people on the phone oh yeah uh just because i I didn't know what to say and uh how to whatever conduct myself on the phone so it's funny because uh whenever i had to like call to arrange something or anything my mom would make me do it i remember sitting there for two hours with the phone in my hand Mm, trying to work the nerve to call Mm -hmm. and when i called it's just simple because usually the person on the other side is the expert and so they help guide you through the whole process anyways but as a little kid i was just so scared because i didn't know what to say i didn't know how to handle the situation or deal with whatever may come up and yeah it was it was a fear what's interesting about these phobias and stuff too because we've we've been to counseling you know to um uh help like our children you know progress uh in different aspects of life like social interactions and whatnot and they they say that most important thing to do is to force those interactions it's the worst thing it's the thing you don't want to do but it's what you have to do to be able to get over that type of stuff and you know uh, i it's it's hard like public speaking or you know even calling on phone we actually joke my wife and i we want to get a doormat that says did you text first? Like, cause we don't even want to open the door to people <laughs> regardless of COVID. Mm-hmm. We're just, you know, we're kind of introverted individuals, but in order to live in life and to get an occupation, you have to be able to interact with people and conduct yourself publicly. And so even as hard as it, hard as it is, and for people who have that phobia, it's really difficult that you have to kind of force it on yourself. If you ever want to get over it, you can't just, you know, live on the internet as an anonymous person in in the world it, not if you want to get anywhere or meet anybody i guess yeah i think it's definitely one that's 
you know, as I said before, is more with the youth and the generation of today and the technology and it being easier to just text and to message and, like you said, be a avatar, be a different identity online and right. even be yourself. So, you know, when you have, when the time comes that you actually need to be that real life person to go get that interview and to actually interact with the other human you for you may even just get so lost in your digital world that you don't even know how to be that normal person or who you are so it's uh that one's a deep tunnel of a phobia and a fear of, of a lot of different aspects because even as mark mentioned his case on being able to call someone i just realized now i have one of those kind of fears and it's you know i have a really good friend and best man even at my own wedding who i had a falling out with but we've kind of reconnected a bit just through messaging and I've still had the fear to even call him and to just have that kind of like reconnection, right? And this has been like a call that I've held out for years, like maybe two years now at this point. But to make that call is like, a, it feels like a huge leap in itself and a fear almost to just get it going. But yeah. uh, I can yeah. agree with that for sure. Like, cause it's, it's hard to do that. There's, there is this natural fear for that sometimes to try to reconnect. I mean, there's even been moments where I felt like because for several years all of us weren't really connected like we have been more recently mm -hmm. and i naturally was almost afraid to kind of reach back out to you guys again for some reason you know and not that we even had a falling out but just for some reason it's just that social awkwardness for me sometimes kicks in and you just get afraid of you're putting yourself out there or whatever you know like it's it's a fear it's of rejection or yeah, yeah failure, exactly yeah. Kind of thing. yeah well and it's like asking somebody else out on a date i yeah. uh used to for me took me a long time oh once gosh. i decided to ask someone out on a date to end up asking them out it was uh not like days it was weeks to ask the person out after i decided to do it so yeah there's that social fear too Mark, yeah, you, I got to say, Mark, yeah. you picked a really big topic here because I could, we could definitely go on for a real long time because I didn't, we didn't even talk about that. It's like asking people out, talking to girls, you know, like that, that yeah, whole yeah. thing is a, uh, is a fear. This in itself, um, gosh, and there was another one I wanted to get into now that I can't think about it, unfortunately. Um, oh, like I, Here's a funny one, and I know we've been going on for a bunch of topics, but to be honest, I don't really care. As we yeah. have one more, <laughs> this, is our, this, is our, this is our podcast. Yeah. This is our podcast. This, this is, is the DAP. Here's an interesting <laughs> new type of fear that I know some people can relate to. I don't know if you guys can or may, much of our audience. It's and when I played like Dota or maybe like new games, is like there's a fear to even jump in and do matchmaking, gaming. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, right. And Dota is for sure because it's like a team aspect type game. There's a lot of like, am I going to let my team down before I even begin? You know, maybe you're worried you're going to lose precious MMR points and be there. I feel like there's a definitely a matchmaking gaming fear uh, in a lot of games. I I think that's kind of relates to you know it's more of the digital version of performance anxiety um mm -hmm. i remember i you know i 
played a lot of basketball. I was never as good as Tyler, but I played for many, many years. I wasn't my dad that great. was my coach. Humble brag. Oh. That was not that um, great. <laughs> you were really he good. was dunking from the free throw line. Go on, Iron. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a tall um, tale right there. <laughs> but, I mean, I remember I, like, I had this conversation in middle school. We were doing, like, a team sports thing, and um, we were playing, and we were just playing – a friendly round of ball with the guys and uh, i can't remember his last name but jason he's like he's like you play really well how come you don't play on the school team oh, <laughs> I'm like yeah. yeah and i'm like and i thought about that and and my i talked to my dad about it because I, I i tried out and i failed miserably um and they wanted me to be a point guard and i play like a power forward even though i'm only six foot and <laughs> and uh, my dad told me he's like you you get so anxious when you're competing, like, you know, in, on basketball that you play worse. You just, your confidence level goes down. And when your confidence level goes down, you miss the shots or you don't take the shots that you're banking. And I think that's such an important thing to realize in life. I mean, we're talking about a lot of these phobias and a lot of these things can be crippling. Some of the fears, the fear of failure or rejection, that we don't take those shots. And when you don't take those shots, you're going to miss 100% of them, right? And, you know, it's not just sports. It can be asking out a girl or, you know, going in for that job interview where you're not sure you completely qualify for it. Um, and it's, it's hard because the only way to get over it is to just do it. And I sound like a Nike commercial, but it's, it's a hard thing to, to get over. And then you could say the same thing for that Dota matchmaking, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to enjoy the win if you never play the game. Dang, I honestly would love to just end on that because I think that's kind of like the perfect bookend to everything we discussed. I feel like there's certainly more we could unpackage, but it we would end up rambling forever. So kind of just on that note, it's it's a it's a good place to to be. I'm thankful that we were able to kind of take the leap on a lot of things like being able to reconnect, like being able to start a podcast a forum where we could just talk about fun things of the past or things like this that maybe are not so fun and uh just kind of keep life going because if you don't take those leaps you're gonna find that time goes a lot faster than you'd expect i mean in me being a parent now time is just going way too fast so take those shots take those leaps and uh you know we'll see you around on the next dat boys podcast folks so take care and see you later Cody dropping truth bombs at the end there, man. Yeah. You're like laying it down, man. Dude, I, you were like giving me chills. Nice. <laughs> you know, this is like something we totally should have talked about.
you know, probably over the week as Mark tried to get us to talk about it in our podcast. Eh, I'm all about winging it. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we talk about it too much, then you know, it, all of our stuff is spent. I know. I don't like, like saying the same thing. Twice. Overthinking <laughs> everything in this podcast, which whenever we have, it's always hasn't turned out the way we wanted it to. So. 